0: Hello, my name is John O'Connell, and welcome to AMX FICA Leadership Podcast. So over these podcasts, I'll be speaking to some inspirational and innovative data and analytic contributors from across industry and the health and care sectors. I'll be asking each of them to share with us some of the exciting work they have underway, which is helping to shape the health and care analytics space, as well as asking some of them their motivational insights into their career paths to date. So why FIKA? FIKA is a social phenomenon in Sweden, I thought I'd borrow. It's a legitimate reason to set aside some really quality time to catch up with friends, family and colleagues over a coffee and a cake. So joining myself and Toby today is Laura Belliam. Laura is the head of data, part of the CSU transition team at NHS England. And she's also associate director of strategic engagement, integrated care at NHS Digital. Laura is passionate about data and data management and how powerful data is, especially if you give it to the right people, giving them the right access across the entire health and care systems. And at NHS Digital, Laura led the charge to expand the original offer of two national data sets to over an offer now standing at about 30 data sets, so really impressive. So welcome, Laura. We are absolutely delighted to have you join AMX Figa podcast. And uh, as with all our guests, Laura, the most important question comes, a think about coffee and a cake with friends. So what would be your preference, uh, tea or coffee?
1: Oh, definitely a cup of tea. can't stand coffee.
0: <laughs> and um, with that cup of tea, what's your favourite cake?
1: Oh, so I'm quite boring when it comes to my cake. Yeah. I think um, I'd have to go for probably, I don't know, a custard slice or, or something like that. You, you don't need an exciting cake choice when you've got a stimulating conversation. That's the line I'm going to play. Fantastic.
0: Well, listen, lovely, lovely to have you join us today, and thanks for taking the time out. And Laura, what we're trying to do is just share with, with, with our listeners some of the sort of exciting careers that people have uh, and sort of journeys that they've, they've on the way where they've got to where they are today. So for our listeners on the first thing, would you be able to sort of talk to our listeners about your sort of career path today and what led you into the national data management arena, where, how you've ended up where you are today? Really interested to hear that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, thanks for having me, by the way. Um, so, I guess for me, my my sort of interaction with data way back when in oh, Wolverhampton PCT, um, there I worked for the the web application team, um, and aside from sort of looking after the the, the internet, the um, external internet, etc., part of my role really was to help put the performance management statistics and get that data out to where it needed to be and utilizing the internet to enable some of that and creating sort of a a better user interface to enable people to better report their stats, look at what was going on elsewhere around the organization and really develop those, those relationships to encourage some of the discussion around performance. So rather than back in the day where it was just a performance management discussion about have you met this target? Yes, no, it's, it's more driving the, the root cause analysis element as to why and what elements impacted each other across the organization. From there, um, I, I left the NHS and I went to work for Jaguar Land Rover, which was quite a career <laughs> change. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I worked as digital portfolio manager, and learning about how you can showcase data across the world, really, um, it, it just gave me so many ideas and insights into, oh, okay, we, we are actually quite limited in, and restricted from what I was doing before in the NHS and, and just sort of seeing the potential of what you can do with that data around the world. It, it was an absolute eye-opener. From there, I came back into the NHS. Um, I joined Mids and Length CSU as a yeah. business intelligence lead, I think it was. Um, and again, that that kind of rooted me back into the, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. And Jaguar Land Rover was fantastic and it was a wonderful part of my career, but the NHS has always been where my heart lies. So working with local commissioners and looking at some of the issues and how they how they look at them locally and what what solutions they try and draw from the data and managing performance and looking at new services and trends and things like that. I think that's what sort of put me back into the, okay, this, for some reason, for me, this is what ticks my boxes. This is where I belong. Um, after a few years at Mids and Length CSU, I then took an opportunity at Health Education in England, working across the Cambridge and Midlands area um, as Head of Business Intelligence. And that was more looking at, okay, how do we join that gap between national and local, data collections, intelligence, uh, performance reporting, all of those things that you sort of associate across all of NHS data management teams. And I think what what OpenWare is there was because they were more workforce side as opposed to patient side, which is kind of where I'd been rooted previously. I think what what was starting to come out was actually it's quite fragmented this side of the NHS as well. And there's very little sort of data interoperability between local systems working across local regions and regionals um, and then those talking to national systems. Um, so it's quite an interesting challenge. And again, learned so many lessons working with the Health Education England guys. And then from there, the opportunity to come into NHS Digital as head of data services for commissioners, which I think for me was um, probably a bit of a crusade <laughs> because being a sort of ex-senior analyst working in Mids and Lake CSU and constantly having to sort of sit there in front of the CCG and say, we don't have the data. One of the drivers for me coming into NHS Digital was: okay, let, let's find out what this block is. What what is that issue? And so I got to work again with some fantastic people in NHSD and their heart is really in the right place. But it's it's trying to sort of do that balancing act between what is required, what governance permits, and essentially just get the data out the door to where it needs to be. And that's pretty much bringing me up to where I am now, which is half oh. NHSD and half NHS England.
0: Oh, thanks for sharing that. That's fascinating. And, and- it sounds to me like Laura as well is having that kind of I suppose that 360 view of all the different lenses of what the different views when you're when you're working in a, a CSU, then working at NHS England you know, and dare I say even in the private sector as well, what different utilities of data has been used because that rounded view is really powerful.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think there's something to be said for Seeing it at all levels in the system, seeing how it works locally to how it can work regionally to linking it together to that sort of national output, and having an understanding of what some of the constraints are at each level as well as the benefits, I think that helps bring in that expertise into that sort of central picture, because it's it's not always as clean cut and easy as people think it is. It's it's very simplistic view to look across local and regional areas and say oh this is how they should do it and it should all just work like this and the reality is it should all work like that but it doesn't and nobody's coming into the s uh, the nhs to do a subpar job everybody's trying their absolute best to get all of these (laughs) gaps in systems gaps in data working together And I think a lot of it is just, again, respecting each other's viewpoints at every individual level and maybe just sort of admitting yourself that unless you've sort of worked there, you've not got the knowledge and the experience to pull from. So talk to those people who are the experts would definitely be my sort of advice coming from that sort of experience.
2: Thanks, Laura. Um, I think you raised some interesting points. Um, And I just really want to focus on... uh, Comments you made around interoperability and connectivity with the local and the national landscape. Um, And I kind of wanna want to see if you can unpack that a little bit um, and understand what your quest has been around gaining greater representation for the local landscape um, and how that's fed into addressing data connectivity problems um, with you know system connectivity um, and how that mirrors or how that sits within the uh, cultural program and landscape.
1: So I guess from from looking at it from a sort of top-down perspective for a minute, that every centralised programme, every centralised intervention, innovation requires some sort of local intelligence, local expertise or even data sets. And what we don't think of nationally is Every single program that is running across NHSEI, across NHSD, et cetera, we're pulling on local providers, local commissioners to deliver that ask to us, to give us that evidence base to enable that change or to deliver the change, whatever the change might be. And what we're not looking at is, oh, I'm gone. Okay, so there's six or seven versions of this kind of program, all slightly asking for a different element, all asking the same group of organizations for this input, this data, et cetera we're not looking at, okay, what is currently available? What is the burden that we put on the local organisations every time that we ask this question nationally? And there's not some sort of national filtering system that all of these requests can go through. So rather than look at the six, seven separate asks each month for each national programme that's kicking off, can we actually put that into one ask and deliver it? right, this is what we want, this will then combine the asks of six or seven different programs, but for you, the providers, for you, the local organizations, it's less It's less burdensome because you're able to just look at that, deliver that once, that's it, it's done. It doesn't take six, seven times that amount of resource to enable that delivery. Some of the other elements is all of this data comes from a local landscape, but to actually deliver it back there, presents quite a governance issue and some of the things that I first realized when I worked in NHSD is, again, because I was looking at it from a local and regional perspective. Okay, we send all this data up. Why doesn't it come back? <laughs> why, why can I go and talk to my providers? And when I say about this data set, they say, oh, well, I've, I've, I've sent it, I've submitted it. It's a national data set, go and get it from NHSD. And you're sitting on the commissioning side, sort of empty handed. And coming into NHSD with that mindset, of okay, everything comes up here. How do we get it back out? And understanding some of the challenges and some of the risks and some of the assurances that they needed to enable some of that data to be unblocked and delivered to where it needed to go. A lot of it was just very simple conversations, helping people understand what that data was going to be used for, what the organizations do with this data, how they look after this data, what their duty of care is to the system and how this data plays an integral part in their ability to deliver that. Not everyone at a national level understands what happens across a local landscape and vice versa. And until we stop making these assumptions that surely national, they've got an infinite level of resource, they should be able to deliver all of these things. And locally, surely providing this data is no issue. They should just be able to provide data on tap. got to stop making these assumptions about how the NHS works because what we're doing is indirectly applying pressure on the different levels.
0: Thanks, Laura. And just um, as you mentioned, as well, you've got um, Laura, you, you've got a unique um, position in the sense of it being 50-50 across NHS England and NHS Digital. Um, and I expect from that role in the sense of having some unique insights. And if we're looking at, for example, NHS England's focus on drive and deliberate pace, as you mentioned as well, pushing the landscape to deliver the best quality solution and the most efficient way for improving patient care, plus now also challenging the integrated care boards uh, to do the best for their regions. And then on the other side, you've got NHS Digital who's responsible for safeguarding the system, ensuring the security, as you mentioned, as well, and the access to data is protected, but most importantly, the integrity of patient identity is, is really upheld. I mean, how do you think we could deliver, you know, at PACE a solution that, that provides the protection and security that we need in place, but also supports quick turnaround of data without compromising the quality or security of that patient data. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I think that is the million dollar question. (laughs) How can we get data unblocked, delivered to exactly where it needs to be, all the governance and legal assurances in the right place? And I think some of this is about, again, reflecting on what is the problem that we are trying to solve too often in the nhs we have a knee-jerk reaction to we must we must do something because we have to be seen to be doing something rather than take the time take the step back and do the right thing and have the conversations have the discussions take more time in the planning. So we're not just constantly delivering a, a one-size solution that will be binned the next week when the next problem arises. And the solution that we've built now does not fit that problem. And I think this is something I've come across quite a lot in the NHS where we do we build that solution, then we go find the problem rather than look at at a national, regional and local level. What is the problem with data interoperability? Why locally are they held to account by national data, but they don't get a view of it? Why are there so many local flows that aren't captured nationally, yet national decisions are being made off these datasets, off these trends, but we're not capturing half the insight by not involving the local flow elements. So there are so many questions about, okay, so what is the right product for the right audience? And Let's build a system that enables everyone to see each other's view because we are all NHS. You don't need to see individual level details per patient to be able to answer these questions at those three different levels. But what we do need to do is understand what the ask is on each part of the system and create a single solution that quantifies different area solutions to all pull from the same aspect. So we're all singing from the same hymn sheet rather than going off in isolation and building, oh, well, we need this, so this will meet our need for today, never mind tomorrow. But the impact here is now my neighbour's got this deficit because I've built the lion's share of yeah. we're all part of one system and if Covid has taught us anything it's how quickly this impact can spread across the country.
0: Great thanks for sharing that so yeah most of the good messages are kind of really what the what the ask is and what the problem we're trying to address.
1: Absolutely I, I,
2: and I think that leads me nicely to my next question um, and that's sort of around the work that you're currently involved in Uh, I think it would benefit our listeners to sort of get an idea of what the major program of work that's currently underway in your field is that you could shed more light on perhaps.
1: Yeah, so I suppose the two main areas of work that I'm supporting at the minute is one is the CSU data and BI strategy. And this is really looking about What role the CSUs play going forward? Now, I think everyone will agree that, you know, during COVID and even pre-COVID, the CSUs were integral as part of the success of a lot of the major programs that were run across the country. They enabled that national, local delivery data line, innovation line Report line to exist. That is not something that every government department has. And in the NHS, we utilise that through the CSUs to enable us to have those national and local conversations at every level. So, some of it is about changing the way that CSUs are integrated as part of the system. So, they become a system partner as opposed to a supplier and removing some of the commercial aspects of the CSU. And the other element is pulling out all of the subject matter expertise across the CSUs because the space that you've occupied for the past eight years has a lot of benefit and insight to add to the ICSS going forward. And I think what we need to do is pull that out in a consolidated way that really we can apply that to the system as a partnership. The other program that I'm working on is helping reduce burden for providers. Now, as you may have gathered from my answers to previous questions, that this is this is something that really strikes a chord with me in terms of this constant ask for data, that we keep putting this burden on our on our local providers. They're understanding that each time we do this, we're taking their attention away from doing something else locally that adds value for a patient or some sort of intervention that they're doing there and preventing that delivery from happening in a seamless way.
0: Thanks for sharing those insights with us. And just, just to recap, you know, it's a um, fascinating journey that you've been on as well. I think that, that sort of career path that you shared with us is really good looking at kind of, you know, having that sort of rounded 360 view from provider, commissioner and, and seeing, even from industry as well, of being able to look at all levels. And as you mentioned as well, looking at the constraints, because I think you mentioned as well, it's not always clean cut, but having that different viewpoint, I think enables an awful lot of insights, and that beach ball view I call of, you know, I'm seeing red and blue, but you're seeing blue and green, and having other people's perspectives. I think plays really strongly into what you what you said, and, and respecting other people's viewpoints as well. And I think what also uh, came across really, I think Laurel was really good in the sense of, you know, every innovation in the NHS and, and health and social care requires what you mentioned as local expertise and insights to enable success. I think that's a really, really uh, key message to everybody. And uh, a shout out for CSUs all around for CSU support to help enable the change that we're looking for but uh, thanks for your wise words and sharing your insights with us it's fascinating and Laura finally outside of that uh, busy career you have in data data management and, and sort of changing the landscape what do you finally do to relax?
1: Um, I suppose spending time with family uh, although it's not always relaxing having a two-year-old and a four-year-old running around your ankles um, but during COVID, we have took to gardening, which anybody who knows me knows what a surprise that is because I own a cinder bin. So anything that's too difficult to plant or keep alive usually ends up in the cinder bin in the garden. Um, but actually t- teaching the girls that, OK, this is how nature works. And that complete switch off from screens and technology. Yeah. I think that that is probably the best way that I relax by not having that screen time in front of me.
0: Fantastic. And and uh, my next question, which doesn't kind of fit with that, how can people follow you <laughs> on, on the screen, Twitter and LinkedIn? <laughs>
1: um, LinkedIn, definitely, yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn.
0: Brilliant. Well, listen, Laura, it's really great. And thanks for sharing about those uh, two exciting areas you're working with, with the CSU strategy, more to follow on that. And also, you're reducing burden for providers. So important, as you mentioned about, you know, giving uh, providers that free time to look after and improve. Uh, patient care. But it'd be great to get you on board when you progress those a bit further as well. But thank you for joining myself and Toby today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks very much for having the opportunity.
0: So I'd like to thank our speaker for joining us today and for everybody else tuning in to this podcast. Uh, Look forward to seeing you in the future.